Rhino. Rhino, it's baseball. I see it. Look, can you can you see it up ahead? I, I is there a light at the end of the tunnel, Chad? Have we finally made it to the other side? I don't think it's a train. I think it's baseball. We are a week away from spring training point two. 2.0 rather, and we are a month away from our first game. I am so stoked to talk about that. We've got some funky new rules they're going to talk about, uh, talk about the what the schedule is going to look like for the Cubbies. What are you excited about this episode? I'm just happy to finally see baseball being played again, Chad. I mean, my goodness, it's been long enough of watching reruns of old games from 10 years ago. I mean, that's it. Cornhole is not something I can get used to. I'm just saying, I, I'm sorry I, for cornhole fans around the world. It's a fun game to play in a bar, but not for TV. So we got that. We're also going to talk to Joe Johnson. You may not know him by name, but you know his brand. He's oh, the yeah. owner and founder of the Obvious Shirts. If you are a Cubs fan, I'm sure you have heard of Obvious Shirts. We get into how this all came about. So you want to stay tuned and listen to that. So stick around because the Friendly Confine starts right now. First inning now, Chad, and baseball has returned. There was some doubt. It's there back. was some hesitation. We didn't know if they were going to play, but at the end of the day, the commissioner ruled with the iron fist, Chad, and said there will be baseball, <laughs> and we will have a 60-game season. Are you happy that we are going to finally see sports again, and we're going to see baseball, even though it's well, going to be a little different? Yeah, it's going to be different. We're going to get into the rules and all that stuff, and I'd, I, I can't wait to hear your take on this. And I am... I am optimistic um, with some trepidation, right? I still believe I don't. I don't think it's a slam dunk that that this season is going to be completed. I think you know the the potential of of an outbreak within the the ranks could could be there. But the fact that after a hundred and some days um, since that last spring training game against the Padres on a Wednesday night in March, I mean, it looked like it wasn't going to happen at all. And now the fact that we've got a, a game within about a month from now, spring training number two, starting in about a week, I got to tell you, man, I haven't watched any sports at all um, because the sports that are on golf and NASCAR aren't kind of my you don't style. Like cornhole? What about cornhole? Cornhole. I, I actually was not only been watching cornhole, I have a custom Cubs cornhole set. I'm going to send you there you go. a pick later. It's the most amazing set, but I, I'll say I'm excited I'm I'm stoked to know that I'm gonna, that Pat Hughes is back in my life that <laughs> that Lynn is back that I get to watch Javi in such a pivotal uh, age 27 year there there's so much I'm excited about I'm just anxious that it may may or may not happen I'm hopeful though what about you yeah I mean I'm excited just because I want to see baseball and it honestly yeah. if they even came and said hey this season doesn't even count nor do these games count I wouldn't care I I just want mm. to see baseball on my television in some capacity, watching sports and watching. Yeah. I mean, literally, Chad, if they had said, we're just going to play 60 spring training games, I would be fine with that. That's that's where I'm at at this point, where we stand when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to me wanting to watch something yeah. other than old baseball games or basketball games or football games. I just yeah. want to see games being played. So I'll take what I can get at this point. Um, but, you know, yeah. I personally... And we can talk about this later in the show. Uh, I'm personally just kind of looking at this season as an exhibition. But again, I'm happy that baseball is back. Yeah. And I'm happy that yeah. we can play again. Yeah. I, and we're going to. Yeah. 
Well, and we're going to address that, right? We're going to talk about, I mean, is this, is this, is this an asterisk season? I, I kind of know where you're thinking on that, but you know, it's, it's starting and, and, you know, my heart goes out to all the, the players and, and, and that, that they'll be safe. And I'm just excited. As you said, that there's going to be TV and radio that I can watch and consume. All right. So let's the move Cubs. to the second inning now. And well, there are a different uh, set of rules to some extent. Um, yeah. So the yeah. little ones that we know about, uh, this was going to happen regardless of whether this was a uh, you know, shortened season or not. But the active roster expands from 25 to 26 players through August 31st. Um, pitchers can or you know, there could be up to 13 pitchers on a team um, and through the postseason as well. Um, the big changes uh, is the fact that there's going to be a universal DH in the <laughs> National League and there's going to be a runner at second base starting in extra innings, which is I kind hate of this. Nice. They're going to go minor league style I hate it. that, which I think is kind of an interesting well. take. Um, I'm into this. I, I'm always down for a little bit of a tweak. <laughs> Why not? And uh, it'll make the game a little exciting. Remember when everyone thought that the, the one-game wild card was going to be a disaster to Major League Baseball or that the wild card series was going to be a disaster to baseball? It's turned out to be one of the best things that happened to baseball. Just like the just like interleague yeah. play has been fantastic for baseball. Everyone thought that was going to ruin baseball. But so the little things like that, I'm happy that they are moving with the times that I understand people are, the, you know, the purists out there that feel like, oh, the game's changed so much. You know what? Games are made to be changed, <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with some of the things to make yep. the games more exciting and more interesting, and I'm down for this. I really do like it. What do you think? Uh, you know what? Uh, ultimately, because, you know, there's nothing like social media to show you the, the how many optimistic and how many mostly pessimistic people are in the world. There's a lot of those yeah. showing themselves the right now. I'm done with baseball. I'm I'm over it. You know, they've lost me because of this DH and, and which I like to say, really? I mean, really, really, you're really excited about uh, an automatic out where they pitch around the eighth guy. And it's just once there's one out in, in any inning and this eighth guy's coming up, it's over. It, really. Are you really excited about that I, or, or upset about that? Here's the thing. Baseball's back. I think we have to take it in its form. It's not meant to be a rule tweak, all, tweak although it is meant to show what it could look like. Um, it's meant for health and safety guys. I mean, it's meant so that, that no pitchers will ever get hurt running down the bases. It's meant so extra players will get in some reps and then they'll get some time. Otherwise it's a very, it's, it's a lot of very few at bats for a very shortened season. So I, I like it for the national league side. I really hate, I just hate it. I hate it when I play softball and we do the, the guy on second base to start extra innings. I hate that. But, um, again, baseball is being played. So I'm just going to suck it up right. and deal with it. Um, but that 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 rule better not extend. Now I know the DH is not extended into next year. It's going to be it's not expanded playoffs either. It's regular playoff system. So the DH I think has a chance to return for the National League, although it's it's said it's not yet. Um, that that runner on second, the extra innings that needs to go away. The second coronavirus. Right, let's move on to the third inning now, and it's time to talk about the schedule. Uh, we're still kind of yes. trying to get the uh, particulars of it, but it seems like it's going to be very regional, um, so to speak. So. From what I read, it is going to be 10 games against division rivals. So it'll be the Cardinals, the Reds, the Pirates, uh, the Brewers, right? Am I missing anyone? We got them all. And then it is going to be four games each against the AL Central. So that would consist of the White Sox, the Twins, the Tigers. Uh, help me out, Chad. Who am I missing? Uh, who, who, who else is there? <laughs> the get... White Sox? Oh, the Royals. Royals. <laughs> the and, Royals. Uh, don't forget the Indians. Uh, the Indians. Don't there forget the go. Indians. So I, 
Remember, yeah, remember we so played them in the yeah. World so Series. So there you go. So that is yeah. going to be the, the schedule <laughs> for the Cubs, which, which to tell you the truth, if you think about it, now people are kind of starting to think, hmm, this might be a little bit of an easier schedule. They got the Tigers. They got the Royals. Uh, obviously, the Indians and the Twins are going to be solid. The White Sox are going to be solid. But, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for the Cubs to uh, potentially win 40-plus games uh, this year with the schedule that is panned out. I kind of dig the regional kind of aspect because, you know, you're all about rivalries, right? So you got your division that you're going to be playing against, uh, you know, with the Cardinals and the Pirates and the Reds and the Brewers, which we already know they're going to, you know, would have played regardless. But I kind of dig the fact that they're going to go against the AL Central and it is going to be regionalized that those are the teams that are going to play. We're going to have, like you said, they're going to have a a redux of the 2016 World Series. Uh, And and if I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first time the Cubs and the Indians are going to play since the 2016 World Series? So that might potentially be an interesting matchup. Obviously, you got the White Sox. I think you're. I, I think I think you have to be wrong because right because if it's if it's twenty, it's every three years. So no, okay. I think they played each okay. other. So I'm correcting okay. you, but that's okay. That's okay. I I love it, Ryan. I love it. I I, I think it makes sense. I mean, from a, from a safety standpoint, it's it's less time on the road. No more you know overnights or red eyes. Let's make sure these these guys have as much of opportunity as much sleep as possible. This is going to be a grind of a season. And you're right. I think. I mean, I feel like the Central is is not a bad place to be. You know what I like like best about it. Remember the good old days of, of, of 1984 when, you know, you just had to win the National League and, and the top two teams, you know, in each division they go on. It's not quite like that, but we don't have to worry about, you know, this year we would have been playing the, the, the Red Sox, we would have been playing the Yankees, we would have been playing the uh, Toronto, um, also would have got, you know, Baltimore. But um, I like it. All you got to do is be the, the, one of the best teams in the Central, one of the two best teams in the Central to, to potentially get a wild card. I like the schedule, and I also like the fact that well, these are familiar foes, and this is going to feel like most games are insanely important in rivalry games. You just don't get excited about playing the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, right? And one tweak I did here, it's not official yet, but I did hear that there was a potential to flex so that each regional rivalry, so the Cubs and the White Sox would have more games, and then maybe one of the other region, one of the other games in the AL Central would be like just a two-game set. But I it's love just it. a shame that, and you know, we're, we'll get into this in a little bit, but it's a shame that we won't be able to, as fans, attend these games um, at least right off the bat because. There's a lot. Uh, hey, yes. Stay tuned. I'm just saying because if this was a schedule that was like deemable for fans to attend, it would be a It'd lot be of fun. fun. It would be a hundred percent a lot of fun. Yeah. Like to be able to regionally and then especially, you know, to live in the Midwest and to be like, you know what, I'm gonna drive to Cleveland or I'm gonna drive to uh the South Side or I'm gonna drive to Detroit. Like yeah. you have those opportunities <laughs> to see your team. Um, maybe a little more often. And you bring up a good point about the shortened schedule yeah. because, um, you know, the fact that every game is going to count a little more because there's only 60 games as opposed to when we have seen in the past, the long season, it's just 162 games. I'm not comparing it to that extent, but like in college football, where every single game counts in the regular season to get to the, this is this kind is that. of that feel. This is that yeah. Yes. So yeah. 100%, I, I kind of see uh, where you're coming from. So let's move to the fourth inning. We're in agreement yeah, finally. We're in agreement I mean, finally. I love needs it. To change immediately because this is not good. Fourth <laughs> inning now. Uh, Chad, what does the 2020 season mean this year? Is it Does it have to have an asterisk next to it? Um, what if somebody hits 400? 
You know, how do you determine that? That's like the one thing I'm curious about. You know, we're not going to see a 20 game winner. We're not going to see somebody, you yeah. know, break the strikeout record or the home run record or all that. The right, one right, right, thing right. we could potentially see this year that I really think is attainable. Oh, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, listen, even that even Joe DiMaggio's streak is probably going to be safe because there's no way a guy's going to hit in basically yeah. every single game this year. Right. In every game. So almost, the one yeah. thing that I feel like could potentially happen here um, is the fact that somebody could hit 400 this year, Chad. And if somebody were to hit 400 this year for the first time since Ted Williams did it um, when he hit 406, what does that mean when you put an asterisk next to that? Do you need to? The other thing we have to sit here and say is – uh, what does the 60 game schedule mean in the long term? Do you look at this season obviously differently when you crown the World Series champion? It could be a team that if it was 162 games, they probably would have been out of the, the race by maybe September. They would have gone into a swoon. So yeah. there is an opportunity for teams that you would never even expected to get into the postseason. We could have a very interesting playoff scenario yeah. where teams that you sit there and go, no way. If this was 162 games, because it is a shortened season, somebody yeah. could catch fire and somebody could get to the World Series. And you know what? I got to be honest. I kind of dig it. I think it's cool. I'm okay with it because this is yeah. just a one-time weird scenario that we are dealing with in the entire universe of the world. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fly with it. But it does need to have an asterisk if there are any sort of record broken because yeah. of the 60 game yeah. season. Yeah, there, there's no chance that, that anybody would say, oh, they hit four. And, and 400 could absolutely happen. I, I believe it. 400 could absolutely happen. Everything else, nothing else could really happen in terms of, of something where a record would mean something that people would say, like, oh, that's that's a substantial number. You know, ultimately, from a does this season matter perspective, yes. Yes. We need baseball. We absolutely need baseball with the stupid rules in, 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 uh, in extra innings and all. We need baseball. And this will have an asterisk in that it was special, and especially if it happens and, and if players were to get out there. Here's where I think about the shortened season. I mean, a couple of things, points you kind of made as well. You know, by game 60 last year, the Nationals were pretty much thinking about getting a new manager. Instead, they go on a hot streak at the end and ended up winning the World Series. They wouldn't have done that if this year was last year. And so this is a rare year where – it's really you can't take your foot off the brake um, or off the gas. Rather, you have got to go full bore and you, you know, this is an opportunity. There's there's a possibility for players to get hot, stay hot, be hot for the balance of the season. And then that's so hard to do. And there's there's history of players tearing it up for over 60 games in a row um, in what some way, shape or form. So we might see an offensive, you know, powerhouse of, of, of players because they they uh, they have such a shortened season and they know it's not a grind where they would have to play three times as many games or two and a half times as many games. What I'm excited about from the Cubs perspective is, you know what? Um, Quintana on a, on a shortened season, right? Um, Lester, you know, towards the end of his time, I mean, for him to say, I've got this many bullets and he doesn't have to draw them out for the rest of the year, that's a positive. Um, what is going to be interesting is what do the stats of this year, what is that going to mean for free agency next year? Um, you know, and, and what will some of these, you know, how will you rate those and grade those? So it's, it's I'm glad they're playing. It's, it's, uh, it's again, funky schedule, but we got to take what we got. I mean, keep in mind, NHL and the NBA, they stopped playing because coronavirus. They have not come back. So this is no, no easy task that sports. Is uh, the back. other thing that I think could potentially happen 
as far as records go, ERA, I, I think that could be something. Maybe Jake DeGrom would be the could guy be. who would most likely have that opportunity to potentially, you know, Bob Gibson had a 112 ERA in 68. Yeah. Um, that, that could be something. I, I don't know if it will be. I'm just saying that <laughs> is something I could see potentially as, as another record that, that could. It, it depends if they're juicing the balls again. So we, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so let's move on to the fifth inning, Chad. And what does it mean uh, if players opt out? Or could we see yeah. players opting out? Uh, we, we know that the players are not going to be getting paid a heck of a lot this year. The, the salaries are going to be prorated. Um, some of these guys are, are not going to be earning you know too much. I mean, they're just going to be playing out the string. Um, I don't know what the answer is here. I, I suppose they can opt out and they wouldn't get paid. Um, I don't know what that you yeah. know, would mean, but... I'm curious. Well, let me, let me, like, yeah, let me jump. You know, we're seeing yeah. it in the NBA right Ryan, now. Let me, so I'm curious to see what would happen. Ryan, let me jump in. Ryan, let me jump in for just a second and just share. There's a couple, di- there's a couple of dynamics in the rules. And one of them is if you are high risk, then yeah. if you are high risk, then you will be paid. And so that means uh, older uh, managers, uh, people within the organization. We, so we may not see managers come. Um, they may just get paid and have the year off if you are high risk. So if there's players that have underlying health conditions, they can opt out and be paid. Um, however, if you're living with somebody that is high risk, so think about Mike Trout and his wife, who's going to be having their first baby in August, that's a high risk situation. If you choose to opt out, you won't get paid. Um, but then there is the service time dynamic. And I know this sounds kind of boring for all of us, but for all those players trying to get to free agency for the first time or get their next payday, you know, if Chris Bryant could just not play for the Cubs this year and use up a year of service time and just enjoy his new baby boy, that's something he may think of. So we may have a situation where the Angels don't have Mike Trout this year, and he just may choose not to um, because of some of the dynamics here, especially. And, and then there's also the dynamics of what if you are, what if you contract the the coronavirus, you know? And is that an uh, is that an injured reserve situation? Do you get the balance of your pay? Do you go on sick leave? Um, there are a lot of dynamics here, and so don't assume that every player on your team is just going to show up. So we might see um, we might see some very interesting lineups um, in this, d- based upon all these archaic rules meant to ensure health and safety. Yeah, I mean, listen again. I-, I wouldn't I wouldn't kill a player or really get on a player who decided not no. to play this year. Like again, extenuating circumstances. People have families. People have commitments of things that you know maybe obviously things they they need to attend to so if Mike Trout doesn't want to play for the Angels I'm not gonna like totally kill the guy I mean I understand yes he is the best player in baseball and I'm sure it would be difficult for you know the Angels but there's no fans coming to the games anyway so the only thing that you know would be happening is maybe less people would be watching the games on TV they don't have to worry about the gates where people wouldn't even show up to watch the Angels because they can't show up anyway, at least, you know, for now. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I get it that, you know, it is what it is and people need to make decisions that are best for them and their families. So as far as yeah. I'm concerned, I don't, I don't see it as, as too big of an issue. So let's move to the sixth inning now, Chad. And, and, you know, as we talk about fans, um, there's some interesting chatter going on. Uh, this from Danny Parkins, um, formerly of the score, uh, who is saying that, he is told that the White Sox are planning to play a limited number of fans, or excuse me, to play with a limited number of fans in the stands this year. Yeah. He has not gotten a confirmation on the Cubs. Exact capacity isn't known, obviously subject to change, but thought is around 
100%. Um, I don't see a scenario, Chad, where that can happen. I, I really don't. I, I know they want to, but I think a lot is going to depend on how well maintained the virus is from the players. And if they can keep it under control, um, if things are not safe enough, I, I can't imagine they're just going to allow fans to just roll in. I mean, and if they do that, the fans are going to have to sign some sort of waiver that says they're not going to be responsible uh, for the fans getting the virus if it does, in fact, come to that. So I guess it's just a tend to game at your own risk when it comes down to it. I don't feel comfortable going to a baseball game. Would you feel comfortable going to a baseball game this year? I don't I don't see that as something I would want to do this year. Not necessarily do that. If I was given the opportunity to be at Wrigley Field for the first game back, yeah, I'd be really? on the first flight over. Because yeah, yeah, honestly, really, I would, and I would do that with all the precautions in the world. Is it realistic? No, I don't think it's going to happen. So basically, the phases that each each kind of the CDC each state has kind of put into play kind of says that we're nearing the phase that allows up to twenty percent capacity for sporting events, kind of a phased in approach. You have to put that. So I think that's what the White Sox are looking at and they're saying, we'll do it. And so a lot of uh, kind of funny Cubs fans uh, have already said, so you're saying just normal attendance for a game, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. So let's, let's take Wrigley field. So Petco park has many, many, many different entrance points. You can spread it out. You can spread people out. Um, Wrigley field doesn't Wrigley field has very limited um, input points. So if you just did 20% and you said, okay, 10,000 people are going to come to a game and then you have seating and then it's only very specific areas and it's all roped off and it'd be really weird. Um, and maybe 10,000 is way too much, but any 5,000, I don't know how you manage that crowd safely. I don't know how you ensure that, um, that, that the, all the surfaces are wiped down, how the bathroom situation is taken care of, you know, are, is arrows, are there going to be, um, one way, everywhere on the park where there's arrows like i was in pete's coffee the other day and you you it was this maze you had to go through so it's really going to be like that um i think they would like to do something like that i think they're thinking about how they're going to do that for playoffs especially and maybe do really high ticket raffles or something or you know a lottery system um for that i i i would do it ryan i know that sounds kind of crazy um because i really want to get back to wrigley and i'm going to miss it this year but uh, I don't think it's going to be possible. I think that uh, that is just uh, well. Okay, as long as we're on the topic here, you have season tickets to the Cubs. What do you do with your tickets yes. this year? So same same situation. I've, I've season tickets at Wrigley and at Sloan. So at Sloan, I was at that last game, as you know, where they played the Padres, and the next game against the Dodgers, it was off. And so we got a refund for those tickets. Um, if I did. If I sold a few on StubHub, then I my credit card would be charged for the amount that I was paid out by StubHub. And then I think, sadly, I think they gave a credit on StubHub to the buyers. Same thing at Wrigley Field. So the first couple months came by and then they offered us the chance to take that money for two months. And um, and if they get to hold on to it till next year, they will give us five percent on our money. Um, and then that money will go to next year um, or you can opt out and just get a refund. And then they just did the same thing in June. Um, and, and, and we haven't got the money back from that. None of the season ticket holders are, but they're supposed to in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be the same thing in July. So 
I don't think any of us as season ticket holders expect that, oh yeah, here you're going to be able to use your tickets and there is no plan in place. And I was on a, on a, on a cub season ticket holder, um, all hands call with Theo and, and Jed. And that was somewhat addressed with like, they have no idea from a business side, how they would divvy up the tickets if it was limited. So that's, that's what we're doing with the tickets. And, and, uh, my full expectation is to get a full refund this year, which, you know what, if we don't play, I just got another full year under my belt as a season ticket holder. And I didn't have to outlay the the cost or track, you know, chase down buyers. And I've got a lot of friends that, that I, I sell my tickets to for season tickets. So it was a positive, but uh, yeah, so your, your, your thought around that question is, is, is uh, does that make sense? Should I take in the 5% or I just took the refund? Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. You did the right thing because there will be <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Lieber, Ryan Lieber, my financial advisor. Yeah, come on. I'm trying to help you out here. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. We got an exciting guest for you this week. Of course, there's no baseball, but that doesn't mean there's not baseball to talk about as it relates to our our next uh, person that we're going to have on with us today. If you are a fan of the Obvious shirts, and if you're not, you need to check it out. Go to ObviousShirts.com. This is a brilliant idea. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that sit here and say, how did I not think of that? But it has just been absolutely amazing how it's swept uh, Cub fans everywhere in the city of Chicago and beyond. It is our pleasure to welcome Joe Johnson to the Friendly Confines. Joe, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Ryan and Chad. How you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is uh, great to have you. And again, uh, make sure you uh, can go on Twitter and follow at, uh, at Obvious. And of course, uh, ObviousShirts.com is the website that has um, all of the uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, um, everything that you're looking for if you are a Cub fan or just a baseball fan in general. It's, it's really cool stuff. So, Joe, I guess the obvious question, I'm sure you've been asked this hundreds of times. You've done interviews or just in casual conversation. How did you come up with the idea of Obvious Shirts? Yeah, um, I appreciate the plug real quick. Uh, you guys are, you guys are too kind. So uh, much appreciated. But um, yeah, to get on to get back to your question, um, it it just uh, is kind of my sense of humor, man. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a really funny guy. I'm just a big sports nerd. I love sports, but I love, I just love kind of the wittiness or the sarcat the sarcasm that um, maybe sports lacks, and I just kind of want to make it funny or literally state the obvious. So your question was, how did obvious shirts get started? I was a huge Jake Arrieta fan. I'm not going to bore you with the story, but um, uh, when he got traded from the Orioles to the Cubs, I, I was super excited just because I followed him from his days at TCU. Um, and in 2015, all of us remember that incredible season that he had, especially the second half of the season. He was the best player in baseball. So I just, at work, I, I told my buddies, and we always, you know, met at the water cooler, talked sports, you know, played all the hypotheticals. And I just said, I want to make, I want to wear a T-shirt to a Cubs game that just says Jake Area is good at baseball. Not great at baseball, not amazing. I want it to be an understatement and state the obvious. And they thought it was kind of funny. So my buddy made me a t-shirt. He, he had worked in the industry, um, promoting shirts and doing, you know, work in college. So he knew a guy and, um, I, I had season tickets at the time. So I went to a lot of Cubs games. I didn't, 
you know, I didn't see any of, of the funny humorous shirts. It's just the standard Cubs jersey or the or the the jersey with the player name on a T-shirt. So I just wanted something that kind of would stand out and maybe get a reaction out of a few fans. And I didn't think it would get um, as well received as it did, but I wore it to get a reaction. And uh, Jake, I wore it to Jake's next home game, and he. Pitched the whole nine innings. Uh, I think he struck out like 11, gave up maybe one or two hits. Um, no, Yeah, he, he dominated. And so by like the fourth inning, fifth inning, when I'd, get up and, I'd go up and get a beer and I had people like just stopping me to take a photo or asking where I got it or they gave me their information. They wanted one. So I just told them I'd print a few more. And if they gave me their contact info, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to them. And I got, I got a lot of contacts. And then I ordered 50 shirts for my buddy and I put the rest that I didn't you know after I reached out to everyone I put the, a little Facebook post and said I have this shirt if you want it reach out sold them all in minutes and then I ordered you know I don't want to tire you out and be long-winded as I already am but it, it just caught on it the idea just caught on and um at like two in the morning one night I said I'm going to call it obvious shirts like I'm just going to state the obvious and just state like funny dumb i like i don't want this to be super deep it doesn't have to be a huge creativity i just wanted something basic like simple and you know not a lot of not a lot of like time went into designing these huge designs i just wanted words on shirts people could read it and they'll get it right away we we are talking with joe johnson he's the founder of obvious shirts uh go to obviousshirts.com he's got a, a wide array of t-shirts that kind of state the obvious as he mentioned um so joe this was kind of like accidental almost in the way that you've obviously found the success for this company i i don't know what you did previously to this but have you quit your job and now focusing a hundred percent on this has it gotten that lucrative where this is like full-time for you now yeah yeah um it's been full-time since june 2017 that's kind of when i made the switch and um, that's a whole nother story. I'm not, again, not going to bore you with, but it was, it was very tough. It's a lot harder than, um, I ever imagined. It's a lot harder than it appears from, you know, the facade of just being a t-shirt company. Um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes along the way as well, but, um, I've also been very, very lucky along the way, you know, uh, the first shirt was 2015. My second shirt was just, I, I'm allergic to St. Louis and that's how I feel. So like, I, again, simple, witty, basic shirts. Um, and then Kyle Schwarber crushes baseball. And when, when that shirt came out, I got really lucky. It went on, you know, TV and then got shared virally on social media. That's when I guess the leap, like that's when I had something kind of, I, I was onto something. That's when it got serious. Cause I was getting, then I was getting orders every single day before that there would be some days that would go by. I wouldn't even get an order. Um, but after I, that and the Cubs winning the World Series 2016, it, then it just kind of really gained momentum through word of mouth. That's pretty remarkable. Um, and we're talking with Joe Johnson from Obvious Shirts, giving us a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. Um, Joe, is it, is it tough to come up now? I mean, you've got a ton of different sayings on your T-shirts, but do you sometimes find yourself with, I guess for lack of a better term, writer's block to try and come up with, new sayings to put on the t-shirts or does it come pretty easily to you yeah that's i mean not to sound 
I don't even know what the adjective is, but it, that's the easy part of honestly. And I have a lot of ideas. I had a lot of ideas um, in the beginning and I would forget them. And so I started every time I thought I had an idea, I would just put it in my phone and keep it there so I could always revert back. And then those just started building. And so I kind of made some of my favorites from that list. But then, as you know, uh, things happen during the season, right? Like the Bodie walk-off Grand Slam. So those just then those just like maybe pop in my head, for lack of a better term, or a light bulb will go off. But I've kind of trained my mind. It's, it's honestly, man, it's just how I how I am. Like this, I just made this company how I think. There's well before obvious shirts ever existed. You know, I would see like a Bryce Harper home run and I would just like stare at the TV and walk into the kitchen and say out loud, Bryce Harper's good. And like, that's just, I don't know, like, that's just how I've been. So that my brain is already thinking that way, if that answers the question. But yeah, real, really basic. I just keep it simple. How many people do you have working for the company now? So great question. And I guess it's in, in total, there's probably eight of us churning the the wheel or moving the machine because um i'm if you're, if you're familiar with like tim ferris and like the four hour work week i mm-hmm. i after reading that book is when i decided to even give this side hustle a shot and that what i try to do is i like to be in control of maybe the marketing so i do all the social posts or like the twitter um and the idea creation or the content creation for the shirts but I've outsourced, you know, I, I've worked with a, I work with a really good printer in Woodridge, Illinois. They do all my printing. Um, they help me, they do my fulfillment now, now that we've grown to where I couldn't do it because I was, I was a one man band for the first two years. Um, but now they, we have more of an operation. So there's about eight people involved um, every step of the way that have their, their roles and their kind of assignments. But it's, I mean, it feels like a, just a, like a close-knit family because it has to be because there's it's so transactional there's so many moving pieces at once what were you doing before you were doing the t-shirts if you don't mind me asking yeah sure i, I was uh in sales uh, i worked downtown chicago for a company called career builder uh sold hr software to uh you know large companies that were onboarding and hiring uh training their staff things like that so it was a it was a great gig uh but you know when i graduated college i I was so bummed because I played college baseball, very sports were a huge part of my upbringing and childhood. And I just remember telling my mom, like, I, I just want to do something that has to do with sports. Like I would, would have loved to go into like sports marketing things like that. But, you know, I went to a liberal arts school. So I guess my hunger, my passion, my itch, whatever you want to call it for wanting to just work and be in golf and like sports and that atmosphere and that culture it kind of just worked out and I, I feel very fortunate, but um, it's, it's so cliche, but it's true. If you just kind of start where you're really passionate and what you really like, and that's the Chicago Cubs for me, I, it could evolve into something because like I worked many 80 hour weeks trying to build, take this thing off the ground, build it up. But it didn't, it didn't really feel like a struggle or it didn't feel like hard times because I sincerely liked what I was doing. We're talking with Joe Johnson, the founder of Obvious Shirts. Uh, Joe, Mark Silverman, someone who actually is a friend of the program. We actually grew up with Mark. Um, He is a few years older than me, but we went to the same college. So I've known Mark since I was a teenager. Obviously, he's battling. Yes, yes, we are all Salukis, proud Salukis for sure. 
Um, you know, and, and obviously Mark coming out with uh, the recent news about um, being diagnosed with cancer. You've partnered with him now on these Sylvie Strong t-shirts. Um, how did that partnership come about? Yeah, so I love I love listening to Sylvie. Um, I, you know, just growing up, I always found myself like agreeing with him. You know, naturally, I just gravitated towards him as a listener for all these years. And when I found out, I was just like, I, would, I was just super bummed. And, you know, I didn't, he's, he's interacted with me on Twitter a few times and I've called in the show maybe a handful of times and always had super pleasant um, experiences with him. So I was like, you know what? I have this little company. Um, it's making a little bit of splash in Chicago. Maybe he's heard of it. Um, I just, I reached out to him and I asked, and first, you know, I rewind, sorry, I'm, I'm all over the map today. I sent him a few shirts just because I liked him. Right. I just want him to see if he'd wear the, wear the brand. And he, and he wrote me back saying like, I really like these shirts. Like the quality is really nice. And, and he's like, I appreciate it. And so fast forward and he's, and, and that's what's led him to sharing some of my stuff or he'd give me a, like a shout out on Twitter. So like, you know, and that means a lot to me. So I remembering that I just reached out to him and said, Sylvie, like, I don't have the words, but like Chicago's got your back. And like, we're thinking of you. And if, and if I can make a shirt for you, I would love to do that. Um, because I think it'll raise, it'll raise awareness. Um, you, you being a voice on the airwaves every single day or, you know, five days a week, like you, we can do something cool here. And, he was like, he was a, a little wary at first. And then he's like, you know what? I think we should donate the money to the V Foundation. Um, you know, he'd be working at ESPN and they they got him in a very good program. And he's like, Joe, I'm not gonna, you know, medical bills are not gonna be like an issue or I think we need to raise awareness and raise funds for the V Foundation where they donate all the money to cancer. So I was like, that's awesome. And then, and then we got really into it. Then he started texting me like some ideas or he wanted me to do my, he, got, he was super pumped about it. And I don't know, it's just things like that, those relationships, those connections, being able to raise, you know, going on almost $27,000 now for cancer research. Like that's what gets me pumped every day to do this. That's the fun. Like that's when it's, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what makes even though I just run t-shirt, a t-shirt company, that's the kind of cool stuff that you, you know, you're making a difference. Um, you're doing a good thing and, you know, a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think that it just is increasing the awareness of not only just for cancer awareness, but everything that you're doing, it's, it's really great stuff. So, so uh, that's, that's, I'm sure appreciated by Mark and, and everybody that's uh, involved. Joe Johnson, our guest here on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. He is the owner and founder of obvious shirts, go to obviousshirts.com. Check out their array of merchandise. It's really great stuff. Joe, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. We'd love to have you back, man. It was really cool talking to you. I mean, even though there's no baseball, this was great to be able to kind of talk to somebody involved that's really taken off with this company in such a short amount of time has uh, really made an impact on, on the Wrigley community. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so long-winded with my answer. So if, I hope the listeners... Uh can forgive me. And I'd love to come back and just even talk Cubs baseball. Like I, I love just talking Cubs baseball. So I would be happy to. We would love that. Thanks so much, Joe. Have a good one. You too. Thanks.
And our thanks to Joe Johnson from the Obvious Shirts. And, of course, you can uh, go online to ObviousShirts.com to get all your paraphernalia. So many great shirts. Yeah, so many. You are a proud owner of several of them, Chad. You have a few. I have seven. I now have seven. I got one for my birthday that I didn't even know existed. It's one of the coolest shirts I have. Is that right? Well, very nice. And I know that (laughs) shirt is uh, something that you are very proud of, the Sylvie Strong shirt that uh, obviously – is a part of the Mark Silverman movement, so to speak. Mark, of course, uh, battling cancer right now, and uh, we know he's going to come out on the other side of this disease uh, as uh, these funds that go toward the shirt uh, are raising money through the V Foundation. And uh, so it's just such a great cause. So go to <laughs> obviousshirts.com to uh, get yeah. your own. Yeah, ju- yeah, jumping right into the eighth inning. I love that. Um, no, uh, it, it, it's awesome. I actually, I got a um uh greatest ever shirt which is uh with 34 on it so it was walter Payne. that was my birthday guess the sylvie shirt i bought a couple weeks ago and it just came and i took it out on a motorcycle ride and and sent it to to mark a lot of people have been taking pictures of them wearing their sylvie strong shirt uh and um what's amazing about it uh is it was his idea and all the proceeds every penny goes to the v foundation so if you remember jimmy v and his famous sb speech about never giving up and uh so far they have raised over thirty thousand dollars for the foundation so keep up the amazing work all all you great folks over at obvious shirts and mark keep fighting the good fight you are an absolute beast and i can't wait to raise a glass with you as as uh, as the recovery um uh, comes to fruition yeah so true and just a reminder you can find Chad and I on social media as well. I am at Ryan D. Lever on Twitter. Chad is at the Chad Gordon. So make sure to check us out there where you can uh, get, um, you know, obviously the podcast and you can interact with us too. And of course, don't forget the, about the Facebook page, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page, where of course we always want your feedback. We always want to hear from you, our listeners, to find out what we can do better, who you want to hear from. And I will just say this, Chad, as you know, we have some powerhouse guests coming on in the next couple of weeks so are we not allowed to say who next week is are we not allowed uh i'd prefer just you know what i feel like in the past we've said who it was and then like it didn't work out remember then that happened one like a couple of times <laughs> now i'm at the point where i just want to make sure all right you know what who cares let's just say who it is we've already teased it no no hold on no hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on ryan how about go to ryan d lieber or the chad gordon on twitter and if you guess who it is by Sunday at noon. If you wager a guess by Sunday, this Sunday at noon has to be before Sunday at noon. Then uh, we a prize. We will get in touch with you. If you're the first person to do that. How about that? Let's, let's make it a game. I like, okay, it's not going to be your refunded tickets though. Is it? They're not, that's not, you know what, what if it, what if, hold on. What if it is an unused 2012? Cause I didn't pull them out of the ticket box. Cause I just printed them. What if it's like a 2012 Cubs red, you know, unused Cubs ticket from Wrigley Field. That'd be kind of fun. Who knows? I, we've got all sorts of things. In the why would why would I care about a 2012 ticket? I, I was I was I was rearranging the 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 Zoom studio, which is like where I'm doing all my office stuff, and I've got it's pretty much a Cubs shrine now. Yeah, and I'm looking at all the stuff I have right now, and yeah, I've got whole full boxes of ticket books. Um, and, and yeah, it was a season ticket holder in 2012. So yeah, that could be something, but I'm, you know what? It'll be better than that. I promise. All right. Very good. All right. So let's move to the ninth inning now, Chad. And it was an anniversary of sorts. Um, June 23rd, 1984, uh, is what is commonly known as the Samberg game. It's the game where the Cubs came back against the Cardinals. Ryan Samberg hit two home runs off Bruce Suter. 
And uh, as we all know, the Cubs, uh, Sandberg went five for six, seven RBIs in that game with two home runs. And um, that was kind of the game, Chad, that more or less catapulted Sandberg into the conversation for the MVP award that year, which he ultimately won. Um, I have to readily admit, I was not a baseball fan back then. I was, I was too young to really get into the 84 team. I always kind of say the 89 team was really the team that I, yeah. you know, Such more a or kid. less. Such have a a kid. Yeah. What, what do you have? And so I don't really have any memories from that game. Do you have yeah, any I've, memories from that game? I've, yeah. Oh yeah. 84 team was the team. That's what, that's what, that's what made me the Cubs fan. I mean, that was the, from the start to the finish, the, the, the personalities, but that particular game, a couple memories. One, I mean, that was the game of the week. There was no other way to watch the Cubs. There was no ESPN games. That was the Fox game of the week. And so where I come from, it's Cubs Cardinal country. I didn't even know the White Sox existed as a nine, 10 year old boy. So sorry, Chicago. I didn't know I'm from, I'm from central Illinois, South of Champaign. And it was about Cubs and Cardinals. That was my rivalry. So this was the game we were all watching. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an amazing like beginning of uh, really is, is, is coming out because he became MVP that year. This was kind of like the, 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 the kind of the welcoming to the world and and really the start of, of his Hall of Fame career. And not only did he have two home runs, Ryan, he had a game-tying home run in the ninth and a game-tying home run in the tenth. It was unheard of. It was ridiculous. You couldn't draw it up any better. It was like a Disney movie. And what, what I think it's really cool for the Cardinal fans that are listening right now, um, yeah, I mean, Willie McGee had a cycle that game, and nobody remembers. One of the fun things I learned on the Cubs Facebook page is, is our um, my favorite professor of all time, uh, Ken Keller from uh, from the you know Salukis from SIU. That game, I thought that was pretty cool. I was just watching it as a snot nosed little kid, and I still remember the excitement and the unbelievably um, craziness of those ninth and tenth innings with Rhino hitting. Yeah, uh, those were the days, and of course, we all know the Cubs went on to win the East division that year, their first East crown and went on to the postseason to uh, play the San Diego Padres. Frickin' Steve Garvey. We don't, we don't. Frickin' Steve Garvey. First, we'll save that for another day. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that, Hey, this is good. Now we have something to look forward to in the past. We were doing these shows and we was like, well, hopefully they'll have a they'll have baseball. A dude. We got baseball coming back. We, we, got, baseball. we got baseball. It's coming. It's coming back. Days away. Days away. Can't wait. Uh, this has been fun. We do this again. We'll, we'll definitely do this again. Our thanks to Joe Johnson from the Obvious Shirts. For Chad, I am Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. We are definitely going to see some players at the ballpark. Can't wait to see all of you. Stay safe. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley